So in the uh, confession absolution time, you heard me read from, from John chapter 1, and John the Baptist, don't confuse him with John the disciple, but John the Baptist yells out and call, when he sees Jesus walking by, he calls him the Lamb of God. So the question, of course, for me is, is why does Jesus, or why does John call Jesus the Lamb of God? And so what I wanted to do today is give you a, you know, you hear me yammer on a lot about the crimson thread. So today I wanted to give you a crash course in the crimson thread and how beautiful this looks on how the crimson thread Jesus ties everything in our Bibles together in a nice bow for us. So if you have a worship sheet, it has all the Bible readings that I'm going to go through here real quick. So... If you didn't, I encourage you to look it up on your phone or if you have a Bible with you. But why does John call Jesus the Lamb of God? Let's go all the way back to Genesis chapter 22. So what's happening here is this is when God asks, not asks, tells Abraham to go up to the mount to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. And here we're going to pick it up in verses 7 in 8 in Genesis chapter 22 and Isaac said to his father Abraham my father and he said here I am my son he said behold the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering Abraham said God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering my son so they went both of them together Abraham didn't realize how prophetic his words really were. God will provide for himself the lamb. And of course, God stops Abraham from sacrificing his son, his only son Isaac, because God's plan from the very beginning was to sacrifice his only son as a sacrifice for the, all of us. So now we jump to Exodus chapter 12. A couple of verses here from chapter 12. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses. A lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood... I will pass over you. So in a nutshell here, this is the first Passover when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. This is the 10th plague put on the Egyptians because the Pharaoh would not let, his let God's people go. And the Israelite people were saved by the blood of the lamb that they painted on their doorposts. And the Lord passed over. Let's jump to Isaiah 53, 7. We're working our way, the crash course here, through the whole Bible. 
He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Of course, Isaiah here is talking about the Messiah that is going to come. This is Jesus. And this is specifically talking about that Good Friday when Jesus went through all those horrible things. He was led to the slaughter. But like a sheep that is before its shears is silent, Jesus did not open his mouth and allowed it all to happen because it's been God's plan from the beginning. And so I have there in uh, parentheses referenced in Acts 8.32. So this is the event in Acts when there's the Ethiopian eunuch who is looking at scripture and is confused by this very verse. And Philip comes along and needs somebody to explain it to him, so Philip shares the gospel with him and explains that this passage is talking about none other than Jesus. And so now we get to the New Testament, what we call the New Testament, and John, where he says, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But it doesn't end there. We go to 1 Peter 1. Peter, of course, the, the most popular disciple, says this in one of his letters, knowing, speaking about you and I, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Do you see how the crimson thread here is tying everything in the Bible together beautifully? Because you got to understand, once I saw this, once the Holy Spirit opened the scriptures to me in this way, explaining that every single thing in the Bible is about Jesus, it just makes things open up and it makes it so you can actually understand what you're reading. Who struggles with reading the Bible? Not understanding. So did I. But once you understand everything you're reading is part of God's plan from the beginning that he's going to send his son Jesus, the Lamb of God, it just opens the scriptures up. And even those boring books, that, or at least that I used to think were boring like Leviticus, becomes increasingly interesting, I promise, once you start seeing this. So now we go to Revelation, the last book in our Bibles. And Revelation is written by John the disciple who was given this vision about heaven and the end times. And the Lamb is the most used title for Jesus in the book of Revelation. And this is what it says in Revelation 5.12. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Amen. So that was a quick crash course. Could be a Bible study series coming up. Pay attention for that. But do you see that? I, I really hope you guys can start to see that, how the Bible is all tied together beautifully by this crimson thread. It's why I wear red shoelaces. 
to continually remind myself about the crimson thread. And of course, it's crimson because that's blood. Blood has been part of God's plan from the beginning. There has to be blood shed to atone for our sins. And there has to be a life taken. And that's exactly what Jesus, the Lamb of God, did for us. So then we have something interesting that goes on right after this. After John calls uh, Jesus the Lamb of God, we get in John chapter 1, verse uh, 35, the next day. So John, the next day, is walking along with two of his disciples. One of them is Andrew, by the way, the brother of Peter. And another one, it says, we think it was possibly John, the disciple. And again, John the Baptist sees Jesus and calls him the Lamb of God again. And then Andrew and John, the disciples of John the Baptist, go and start following Jesus. And this is what Jesus says to them when he sees them following him. He says, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? So I want to ask you all this exact same question this morning. What are you seeking? Or what are you looking for? Why are you here right now on January 15th in this worship service here at Promise? Why are you here? Maybe it's to see friends and family. You know, after all, we are a family here of God at this particular church. Maybe it's that. And this congregation has become like a family to you. Maybe that's why you're here. Maybe it's to hear our great praise band sing songs and as we sing along with them. Maybe it's because church is the only place that it's socially acceptable to sing out loud in public. Have you ever tried that out in regular public? People look at you like you're crazy. Maybe, it's here, maybe you're here to hear about God's love. Or maybe it's because you've just had a bad week. And you need to hear about Jesus. Or finally, maybe you don't know why you're here. Maybe your parents made you come here, right kids? Or maybe you feel like you're here, adults, because it just, you know, you check off that box. I went to church on Sunday. I'm set. You know, I looked this up and it's interesting. There's 52 million people per weekend in church. Christian churches. That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? 52 million other people, give or take, obviously, are in church right now with us on a particular weekend in, the, in America. Seems like a lot until you realize that that's 18% of the population. So again, why are you here and so many people aren't. Another way to ask this is, what in your life, you specifically, each and every one of you, what in your life would be different if you were not a Christian? 
First of all, you get to sleep in on Sunday morning as long as you want. Get to go golfing on Sunday and not feel guilty. Not feel guilty about watching NFL games on Sundays. You know, I'll answer this question for you. So I've been a Christian my whole life. I was baptized as a baby. Been dragged to church my whole life. You know, when your dad's a pastor, you pretty much have to be there. Right, girls? <laughs> but being a follower of Jesus gives me hope. You see, that faith that I was given in my baptism, we get to do a baptism in the second service today. The faith that I was given gives me the ability to believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior who shed his blood on the cross for me. And I believe that wholeheartedly. And I know that because of that, I've been justified in God's eyes and I will be in heaven one day with him. We have that hope as Christians, right? Don't ever say when somebody says, are you going to heaven? Well, I sure hope so. You can say, I know I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus, the Lamb of God, did for me. You know, it gives us hope. I often wonder and I feel sorry for people that don't believe in Jesus, atheists, people of other religions. When somebody, when they have a loved one die, can you imagine the empty feeling that would be to think that our life on this earth is it? And when you die, you just get put in the ground and that's it. Could you imagine how hopeless of a feeling that would be? We don't have to have that feeling because of the Lamb of God. So I definitely am here. Because I love to read God's word and hear his word on how Jesus, the crimson thread, the Lamb of God, came. And it's been God's plan from the beginning. He loves us enough. He hates sin. He hates that we sin. But he loves us enough that he's had a plan from the beginning to take care of our sin disease. Once and for all. And so what am I seeking? What am I, Scott Hedke, seeking? I am seeking the Lamb of God. And I hope that's what each and every one of you are seeking when you come to church on Sundays or whenever you go to church. You know, there's a story of a pastor that was doing a children's message, you know, like we do here, and he asks the, the kids a question and says, you know, what is, I'm going to describe something to you, and I want you to tell me what it is. It's a, it's a furry little animal, has a bushy tail, eats nuts, and climbs trees. One little girl raises her hand and says, well, I know you're talking about a squirrel, but I know I need to answer Jesus. <laughs> you see, that is the truth, though. We saw it just happen here. Tate answered the question, Jesus, that's always the answer. <laughs> so again, I ask you, why are you here what are you looking for? What are you seeking? We are seeking Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away 
the sin of the world. And it's interesting that the disciples in the event here in John 1 answered Jesus' question with a question. Well, they didn't answer that question, what are you looking for? They said, where are you staying, Jesus? And you know what Jesus says to them? Come and see. And oh boy, did the disciples see. They saw lots of things. And you know what? Every time you come to church, you see the goodness of God. When we sing praises with the praise band together, we see the goodness of God. When we pray together, when we confess our sins together as a family, God, we see the goodness of God. And every time we read God's word, we definitely see the goodness of God. And you know, to go along with last week, we talked about our purpose, our mission is to go out and spread the gospel. You know, our identity, because of our baptisms, is in Jesus Christ. Our identity is, does not need to be in our job or our family or our, how much money we make or whatever. Because all those things at some point are going to let you down. Our identity is in Jesus Christ who will never let you down. And there's 82% of the people in America that are not in church this weekend. And they need to hear the good news. And our mission is to make people who we encounter in a daily life ask us the question, why do you go to church? What are you looking for when we can say, come and see? got a picture up here I want to show you. It's one of my favorite pictures because it encapsulates the crimson thread. Of course, the lamb is what was sacrificed on Passover every year. It had to be a lamb that was perfect, which of course points to Jesus, the perfect lamb of God who was sacrificed on that cross, who shed his blood for each and every one of us. But three days later, the Lamb of God came walking out of that tomb, which is exactly what you and I will do when we leave this earth and go to be with him in heaven forever. Amen. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, today is indeed the day you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We pray that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts always be acceptable to you for you are truly our rock and redeemer merciful father we confess to you our sins all those ways we sin against you in our thoughts words and actions we are truly unworthy but we have been made worthy because of your son and we thank you for that gift we thank you for the lamb of god who takes away our sins almighty god I pray that you watch over the homes of all your people here. Bless them with all that they need for this body and life and preserve them in the glad confidence that Christ is their strength and identity. Holy God, your son became the lamb of God to take away our sins and our sicknesses by his death and resurrection. And we continually remember all those that are on our prayer list we have so many prayer warriors here, Father, who are praying for so many who are hurting, whether it be sickness, 
mentally, physically, spiritually. Remember all who are in need of your help and healing. Deliver them, Heavenly Father, according to your merciful will and preserve them in the certainty that their sins are taken away. And Lord God, John the Baptist first revealed Jesus, true God and true man as the Lamb of God. Prepare the hearts of all of those here who receive that same body and blood of Jesus when we celebrate Holy Communion. And I pray that they would welcome him, the Lamb of God, in repentance and faith. And now we pray that prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 